Hey everyone, welcome to Unrefined Women. I am your co-host Agnes, and this podcast is an ongoing dialogue between two sisters on the topics of spirituality, religious trauma, mental health, family dynamics, and feminism. So this week's episode is just me, Agnes. Um, If you've listened to episode 50, which was the last episode, Margaret expanded a little bit on what we have decided to do in the month of December moving forward. So the month of December has always been a very, very eventful month to say the least our entire lives ever since, you know, our adolescence. Um, There are I believe five birthdays just in our direct family that happen in the month of December. And then obviously we have the holidays. So it's just crazy for us. So moving forward, we've always just kind of taken the month of December to take a step back and enjoy all of the events, all of the amazing opportunities that are presented our way, just the the, the parties, uh, spending time with family, eating good food, enjoying the cold weather, even though it's kind of hard to enjoy, but as much as we can. Um, and again, sometimes the month of December can be a little bit difficult. So um, just with, re- you know, family things or just some trauma coming back up because of the time of the month, um, you know, it, or the time of the year, it really you know, we just try to take this time to ground ourselves and just truly enjoy it. So we don't want to work too much, which is why we um, want to moving moving forward. We want to try to have our episodes be solo episodes, just to kind of reflect on uh, what's going on in our lives, and especially with the year coming to a close, which is such a weird concept to me. Um, it feels like the year just started, and I say that every single year. But the older you get. I feel like the faster time goes. So it's a little nerve wracking to think about um, how quickly 2022 went by. So I really want to be able to utilize this time just to reflect and kind of go over some of the stuff that I felt like was important from this last year. Um, I also just want to give a huge shout out to Margaret and I for even getting to this point in our podcast. So I know that Margaret had mentioned in her solo episode last uh, two weeks ago um, that most ep- or most podcasts actually don't get to um, 10 episodes. And that's usually the cutoff mark for a lot of podcasts because I don't know if you guys knew, but podcasts are a lot of work. So Margaret and I have put in, you know, money, time, resources, um, just so much into this podcast and we gladly do it. Um, but not everyone's equipped to do it and that's totally okay. Um, but we are just very, very happy and proud of ourselves for even getting to this point. Um, I remember when we first launched our podcast and just really kind of like being afraid of, you know, getting to that point. What if, you know, we aren't able to, um, sustain it. So I'm really, really proud of us for getting to the point that we're at now. So that is just a huge thing for us to celebrate. Um, this is episode 51. So it just feels weird that we're past that mark. And I am so excited to just keep going. We're going to hit episode 75 and episode 100 and so on and so forth. So I'm really, really excited. And I'm so glad for everybody who has been on this journey uh, thus far. And those who are maybe new or continue to listen to our podcast, I truly want to thank all of you for all of your love and support. And it was, if it wasn't for you guys, we 
probably would not have been here. Um, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to, you know, some of our listeners. Uh, We have Jeremiah. um, We have Chris. We have just some people out there that are really, truly supporting us. Um, Our cousin Jessica. Um, We have our team. So we have our editor, Sean. We have social media, Gabby. Just people that are truly holding this podcast together. I know this is like (laughs) going on and on, but I'm just very, very thankful. And being in this time of year uh, where you truly need to reflect on gratitude and the joyous things in your life. Um, This is what I'm truly thinking about. Now in Margaret's episode, she talked about her experience with NARM therapy. And I just want to um, say that I think that Margaret is very well-spoken. So I get a little bit of a imposter syndrome um, thinking about, you know, how well she speaks for herself. Um, she truly is an educated person. So I am trying to live up to the expectation and the competition <laughs> to try to be able to uh, speak my mind as well as she did because she is very, very good at speaking. Um, I have never tried norm therapy, but I actually want to talk a little bit about, um, my own journey with therapy. And I feel like along with that comes with this whole topic of maintaining sustainable habits. So at first I I feel like I've done, I've touched on this before and just creating habits, creating routines is something that I feel like is very, very important in my life. And without these habits or the, you know, these skills, I would not be able to upkeep, you know, the amount of things that I do have going on in my life. So um, if you don't know, I work full time. um, I am in school full time. And then I also do the podcast. So those are the three main things that go on in my life. And it is, you know, 12 hours a day, Monday, you know, Sunday through Saturday sort of situation. I am more than happy and grateful that I have uh, these opportunities in my life. And I'm so incredibly lucky to be working in law at a law firm, um, where I learn new things every single day. And it attracts me to this field of law, which is something I'm extremely passionate about, along with getting an education in political science, um, which is another thing that I'm extremely passionate in. And I am four semesters in, I'm almost, well, you know, kind of like the end semester of um, my sophomore year. So I can't believe I've gotten this far and I'm very, very lucky to have education in my life. I know that not everyone has access to education, so I'm very lucky. And then again, with our podcast, very lucky to have that. I already (laughs) gave you guys the whole sob story at like how lucky I feel, um, to have the podcast in my life. So with these things going on in my life, it can be very, very difficult to, create sustainable habits. And the reason why I call it sustainable is because these aren't habits that I contribute to every single day because it is truly impossible for me to adhere to these things or um, go to the gym every day or um, have a perfect therapy schedule or anything like that. It is just truly impossible. And I think that Um, I've reached a point, especially this year, where I have accepted 
that reality that my routine is never going to be perfect. My routine on Monday is not going to look like every Monday. Um, Same thing like my weekends. If I have a very productive weekend one time, that doesn't mean that all of my weekends are going to be productive, even if I do the same things that day or, you know, the the same things to prepare myself. Um, We are human and we are constantly fluctuating with our energies and our mood. Um, The, you know, the seasons are changing, mental health changes, so many things. There's so many dynamics to a routine and mental health that it is impossible to, you know, wake up at a certain time every single day and so on and so forth. You guys get the gist. So I don't want to sit here and pretty much bullshit you guys into saying, here's how to, you know, be amazing and productive because we're not meant to be amazing and productive all the time. And I, um, I think it's really important at recognizing the things in your life that you feel like are important and being able to try to fit them into your schedule as much as you can for as long as it's healthy. So I could probably think of a million different things that I try to incorporate in my life because I'm one of those people where um, I'm constantly changing like what kind of hobbies I enjoy and what brings me happiness. So, you know, uh, I may enjoy going on walks one month and then the next month I have really no interest in going on walks. So it's truly changing all the time. Um, but s- some of the main things that I wanted to touch on, and I'm just going to start, I kind of have a little bit of a list here, but I'm just going to start at the very top. And one of them is going to the gym. So I have been on my fitness journey for, I have not thought this far, probably like two years, two and a half years, something like that. Um, before I started my fitness journey, I was never stepped foot in a gym. Um, and this is around the time that I had a spiritual awakening. I want to say back in late 2020, just when things really started shifting for myself. Um, and I started going to the gym and just truly changing my attitude around, uh, fitness and a a fit lifestyle. And this wasn't so much on like changing my body or anything like that. But um, I've always struggled with asthma and just not feeling like a healthy or flexible person. And so by changing that and conquering these fears and going to the gym and running and lifting weights, it truly changed a lot of my self-image, my self-pride, and it was uh, life-changing for me. So I... Um, used to religiously go to the gym. The gym was like my, you know, going to church every single day. I loved it. It brought me a lot of joy. Um, But once I started working full time, I simply could not maintain the same relationship that I once had with the gym. So I had to pretty much retrain myself into fitting the gym into my schedule, but not making it an unhealthy task or something that I forced myself to do or something that made me feel unhappy. And I started to kind of slowly integrate going to the gym into my schedule. Um, If I'm going to reflect back at when I first started working full time um, a little over a year ago, I think I just kind of like once or twice a week after work, I would try to fit it. You know, after dinner, I would go to the gym for about half an hour um, and then I would go on the weekends and that was kind of it. And it worked for me. I made 
made me feel good about myself. It made me feel proud of myself for being able to fit in into my schedule. Um, but no pressure because I also realized that, you know, just because I went home for work doesn't mean that all my responsibilities melted away. I also had school and I had my own home. I had to upkeep everything and just function as a human being. Um, So I started priding myself and just even considering going to the gym or going to the gym twice a week. And that was really helpful. So I um, recently moved and I, I think that Margaret and I are eventually going to do a little life update. I feel like we have not done a life update in a very long time, but I did move recently. I want to say a couple months ago, um, to a different part of the Phoenix Valley. And with this move, I, you know, am in a different area and my routine has changed a little bit. And I started going to the gym in the mornings. And by doing this, I would wake up at, I want to say around five o'clock in the morning, I would go to the gym, work out for about an hour, and then come home, change, eat breakfast, and then leave for work. (laughs) A lot of people, when I tell them this, they get overwhelmed and they're like, you are insane for being able to fit that in before 830 in the morning. Um, but I did it. And by doing this, I, I think it was just practice and being able to uh, have discipline. I don't want to go too much into discipline because there are tons of resources out there. Um, YouTube videos, podcasts of people that talk about the science of discipline. So I don't want to harp on that too much. Um, but it was just by creating this habit. Um, but I think I want to talk a little bit more about listening to your body because, At that point, I felt that by following that schedule, I was serving myself in a healthy way. And I want to say around the beginning of December, um, my husband got sick and well, he well like a sick, like he had a nasty cold and life got a little bit busy with school. I had a lot of things going on. I was late for registering to classes. I was like stressed out. There was a lot of shifts happening at work. I had recently gotten promoted. Um, so there was a lot happening and I just didn't really have the energy to fit this whole waking up at 5 a.m. sort of situation. And then shortly when my husband gets better from his sickness and then I get sick and then you could probably hear it in my nose a little bit, still a little bit congested. Um, But then I got sick and then it's like I haven't been to the gym in a week and I'm not able to maintain this routine. Um, Again, it is the month of December. We are allowed to slack a little bit in this month because of how crazy it gets. But I just want to acknowledge how I'm at a point in my life where this routine shift does not make me feel upset at all. Because like I said, these are sustainable habits, not habits that are not, you know, repetitive routines. And this is something where I have done it for so long and I trust myself in this process so much that I'm not afraid of falling off track. I'm not afraid of, oh my God, what if I never go back to the gym? What if I completely lose that aspect of myself? Because I have done this for so long and I trust myself and I'm able to be at a point now where, you know, I haven't been to the, you know, done the, this, uh, this habit or participated in this habit in a week or two, 
yet I'm still confident that I'm capable of still having that part of my routine eventually when I'm ready. And that's why having sustainable habits is so important to us people with such busy lifestyles. Now, the next habit, or I want to say a hobby, that I have just been absolutely obsessed with the entire year of 2022, um, a little bit of 2021, but that's kind of me merging into this hobby, but reading books. So if you have me on Instagram, you know I love reading. And I, when I was younger, um, my parents, we didn't have a TV in the house. I didn't really get, I don't think I got my first like cell phone until I was 14 years old. So the first 14 of my years of my life was learning how to entertain myself. And my mom uh, was very active in the community at the local library. And so I spent a lot of my childhood going to the library, um, checking out books, reading books, listening to audiobooks, And I would just, I was obsessed. I, that's all I would do. That was my form of entertainment was reading books and listening to audiobooks and just being a part of that community. So once I, you know, started becoming a teenager, I kind of stopped reading altogether just because I was so distracted by school and social media. And I just kind of grew out of that phase. Um, and then up until uh, I want to say 2021, I started kind of realizing, I'm sure a lot of people have seen this, but this kind of like rekindling of reading. And we started seeing all of these people talk about reading, especially on social media, on TikTok. It was all book talk and bookstagram and people on YouTube were talking about books and booking or reading books became this new hot thing and everyone was doing it. And I was like, wow, that used to be me. Why can't this be me anymore? So I started to change that and I started reading um, books and it started with just reading a couple series that I had, that I already had on hand that I already owned. And I started reading them and I'm not sure how many books I read that year. I want to say probably at most like five or six, um, which is still like, you know, compared to a lot of people, I think that's a pretty good amount of uh, books to read. And when 2022, you know, a year ago from now, I started uh, reading the Twilight series. I had never read it before. And um, I owned the series and I just thought like, I own these all these books. I own the Twilight series. Why not just start reading them? So I started reading them and every time I would close a book or finish a book, I felt this overwhelming sense of accomplishment because I felt like I was doing like finishing something and you don't really get that feeling from watching TV shows because after a while you watch so many TV shows that you just kind of stop like it's it's not it's different you don't get that rewarding feeling Um, and then the same thing with social media. Um, I mean, I guess you get the same feeling with taking classes in school, but you don't really get that feeling from entertainment, some sort of form of entertainment. And that's what really hooked me and made me feel so addicted to reading was just this feeling of closing a book and saying, I did that. I read those 300, 400 pages and I committed myself. I said no to distractions. Um, and I immersed myself into this story. And also just the feeling of uh, fe- like feeling educated, feeling like you learn something every time you close a book. 
I, I just, it was euphoric. And I remember it was this reminiscing on feeling that in my childhood and then now feeling that again in adulthood. So the beginning of 2022, I told myself that my goal was to read 12 books. Well, <laughs> it is December and I believe I'm currently reading book t- uh, I want to say let me let me double check. I'm going to double check this because I want to say 39, but I don't think it's 39 books. I am at book Oh, I am. Book number 39. I just checked. I was going to say 29, but it was 39. So, I am at a point in my life where I have already like almost tripled the amount of books that I told myself that I was initially going to read. And because of that, it's it I realize I have created the sustainable habit of reading and something that I truly feel like fills my life with joy. And it's it's different because being in um I guess the lifestyle that I have where I work and I'm in school and I have the podcast, as much as I enjoy all three of those things, there's this sense of obligation that comes with it. I'm obligated to show up to work every day. I'm obligated to participate in my classes and submit assignments. I hate saying this with a podcast, but you know, sometimes like there are times like I am obligated as much as I enjoy it. It doesn't feel like a, like a job or anything, but you know, I still need to show up for it. And reading was one of those things where I knew whether I did it or not, no one would notice. And it didn't truly matter. What truly mattered was this personal sense of fulfillment for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And that what was what was so amazing about it. So again, kind of similar to what I said about um, my gym journey in the month of December now, I want to say I've only read about three books this month, which I know a lot of you guys are probably going to be like, that's a lot. <laughs> you can chill. Um, but you know, usually I get through about seven, eight, nine books in one month. And there was a moment where I felt kind of sad and insecure that, you know, almost like Agnes, you didn't, you weren't as productive with uh, reading your books and you should have read more. But then I had to correct that thinking because again, this is kind of a newer hobby for me. I'm not afraid or I shouldn't not should not be afraid of losing this habit because I have already created this sustainable habit in my life. And I've gone through months, you know, I, when I first started this where I would only read one or two books a month. Um, and so me being at a point in my life right now where I'm focusing on other things rather than indulging in the things that I did previously throughout the year, that does not mean I've lost the habit. Um, It just means that I am taking a moment to reflect on it. And I think there's like, that's amazing for me in this moment right now to know that I, you know, maybe I am not at, you know, 50 books. A lot of people have read a hundred books this year and I haven't, but I'm at 39 and my original goal was 12 guys, 12 and I'm at 39 and not to sit there and and toot my own horn or anything, but I just want to like preface that you can create these habits just by simply taking a step back and telling yourself, I don't owe this to anybody. And I'm doing this for absolutely no particular reason, but for the satisfaction of myself, for my own personal enjoyment. And 
I feel like this habit can be anything, you know, it does not need to be reading. Um, my younger sister Quinn is obsessed with, uh, art. They love to draw and paint. And for them, whenever they finish a painting, they get that sense of accomplishment. And that, I I feel like that is, it's priceless. You cannot get that anywhere else in life. And that's why it's so important to also include your hobbies in your quote unquote habits. Your habits don't always have to be productive. You know, your habits are allowed to be um, eating ice cream or eating a piece of ice cream every night or um, binge watching a show every weekend. That is totally okay. That's a, if that's a hobby of yours and it truly brings you happiness and you, um, I, I, I don't want to say work hard, but you make sure that you are fitting that time into your schedule, then that is a habit. Your habit does not always need to be productive. And that's the beauty of it. Now, my next habit that I want to talk about is cooking versus eating out. So I am not at all perfect at not eating out. I actually want to preface that I literally, it's only Tuesday and I have had Chipotle twice this week, (laughs) but I want I just reflecting back on this last year and uh you know moving into my own house by my er, well not by myself me and my husband having our own home and my own kitchen and kind of building this new uh like you figure out how to cook for yourself what kind of foods do you like what kind of foods do you eat and for me I follow a vegan lifestyle and so I know what I like I know what I eat I know what I don't eat and that was a lot of me trying to explore that and utilizing the resources that I had um, in order for me to uh, maintain a healthy lifestyle in terms of my diet or just, you know, the food I'm consuming. Because obviously eating out can be very pricey. It can be bad for your body. Um, we all love it. We all enjoy it. We all utilize it. Um, eating out can be an absolutely fantastic thing to have. Um, but obviously it's not sustainable all the time. So um, I actually really took advantage of of all things social media because social media I I no longer have TikTok on my phone but I use mostly Instagram or YouTube um, or even Pinterest to find different recipes um, and teach yourself how to cook and I feel like there's so many people even myself becoming an adult where I, I had no idea how to cook I didn't understand um, a lot of these basic things around, you know, how to eat, how to cook something, how to prepare something, how to meal prep, um, what goes good with what. Um, if you're having all vegetables, should I have a carb with it? If I'm having more than one, more than two carbs, should I do that? Or, you know, a, a dense food, um, being able to make a good pasta. There's so many different aspects to it that I felt like at first was very, very overwhelming. And I would mess up a lot. I remember when I first became vegan and just like not understanding at all how it worked. I, this sounds so gross, but I remember one time putting beans in my spaghetti because I didn't understand that that's not what you do. I didn't like totally understand that, you know, that's you put beans with like Mexican food or, or, you know, on the side of something versus like a pasta, you want to have, um, the pasta and then like a vegetable and a sauce. So there's just like so many aspects that go into it. And a lot of it was trying to utilize these resources to, like retrain myself 
into creating a healthy habit or a sustainable habit of of feeding myself because as humans, we have to feed ourselves. It's truly, you know, as much as it sucks sometimes to think like, wow, I wish I just with, especially with the busy schedule, we've all had those drive homes from work where we're like, why do I need to do this? Why do, why can't I just either automatically be fed or just grab something on my way home um, versus going home and cooking? Um, But again, there's tons of resources out there to help you be able to learn how to cook because sadly, so many of us don't know how to cook. I remember being at points in my life where I did not understand those basic necessities. Um, and then also I have heard that utilizing, um, some you know, like hello fresh, or there's, I know there's other brands out there, but basically where they give you the ingredients, um, for the meals, you know, based on what kind of diet you follow or what kind of foods you do and don't like. Um, and they literally deliver the food to your house and then they have instructions and you assemble it yourself. That is, I've never done it myself, but from what I've heard, it's a fantastic way to learn how to cook in a simple, easy way because we can't just not feed ourselves. And we also can't just eat out every day. It eventually catches up with you. It's really bad for your gut health. Um, you know, it's obviously my rule is eat out for lunch once a week and then on the weekends grab something just so there you know there's a balance because like I said um, it's about creating sustainable habits not a strict routine not anything like that Um, you got to have a good balance in your life last but not least I want to dig a little bit deeper in my experience with therapy so I don't think I've ever really kind of came open about this or talked or shared about it because it is more of a recent change in my life. But I recently went back to therapy as of, I want to say about two months ago. And I took about, I want to say a year and a half or probably even a two year break from therapy um, just because it was so difficult finding a therapist. Margaret talked a little bit about this in episode 50 where she talks about her experience with therapy and we can all collectively admit that finding a therapist is difficult. It is hard as hell. Nobody tells you that. A lot of people say, you know, if you're struggling with this or you're having issues, just go to therapy, go to therapy. This is what you're supposed to do. This is like a good way to take care of your mental health. But no one talks about how difficult the process of finding a therapist that matches with you um, and sticking with it. And I remember even a year ago when I was in a moment in my life where I felt like I truly needed to see a therapist. It was kind of like a life or death situation. I truly was not doing well and I just needed a therapist. But the hardest part was doing the initial work, you know, reaching out to your insurance or finding someone through your insurance, uh, making those phone calls, finding people. And it was so difficult. It took me an entire year to get to the bottom of it. So I did cut some corners just from some resources through some family members. um, And I was able to find a a therapist that was recommended to me by one of my family members who uh, recommended, you know, this therapist. And I, you know, took the jump and started seeing the therapist virtually. And I, uh, prior to seeing this therapist, I had never seen a therapist through telehealth. So I was very nervous about it. And that was kind of one of the reasons why it took me so long to find a therapist because I said, no, I just feel more comfortable going to a therapist's office. That's what I'm used to from, you know, when I was younger. 
and um, I really resisted telehealth. Well, I was recommended this therapist um, and I started seeing her through telehealth and it immediately, obviously, I mean, yeah, obviously, if I continued to see her, um, changed so much about my mental health. It truly gave me that reassurance I had been looking for for a very long time. Um, Having someone to talk to um, when I'm having intrusive thoughts, when I'm going through a bad time, when I'm having issues with my relationships with other people, um, when I'm going through stressful times at work. There's so many different aspects to our lives. And, you know, for I'm I, everybody struggles. I mean, most people struggle with their mental health and I won't even be the first person to admit that my mental health has, my mental health journey has been a very long and difficult journey for myself. And by sticking to this root idea of understanding that not, not so much that if I go see a therapist, all my problems will go away or I'll finally have someone to just dump my emotions on, but understanding that that's the tool that can truly help me survive this life because we're all really truly trying to survive Um, and continuing to hold that mentality throughout the journey of finding a therapist because once you find a therapist and once you find that help you're going to appreciate it a lot more by keeping the standard and uh, keeping this idea within yourself of understanding the importance of having, um, you know, finding help with to treat your mental health or to help make it better. And this can be in so many different ways. I know that there are some people that prefer to seek more of a spiritual direction with their mental health, um, whether that's seeing, you know, a spiritual mentor, um, some people, I, or I've heard of some people that just go to a, like, like a Buddhist temple and they meditate once a, you know, kind of like their church, like once a week or once a month, they'll go do that. And they say, Hey, this is really helpful for my mental health. I don't feel like I need to go see a therapist because this is what I do. And that again is just, that's another form of therapy. Everyone has different forms of therapy, but the initial concept is by, valuing your mental health and valuing um, your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others because that's how when you know where I noticed that I lacked and where I needed to grow was mostly around relationships with myself and other people which is like one of the number one things that get affected when you have a poor mental when you have you know unhealthy um, uh, unhealthy men- mentality so by finding a therapist, and continuing to see my therapist, I think right now I'm on a schedule of only seeing my therapist every two weeks. And, you know, it's tailored to however uh, you would like. And that, that's what's so amazing about most therapists is that they allow you to even do it once a month or uh, once a week or twice a week or once every two weeks like I'm doing. Um, so being able to integrate that into your lifestyle and take that hour out of your, you know, every two weeks or out of your month to dedicate to your mental health, again, is creating sustainable habits. And I'm pretty sure that is all I have for you guys. So I kind of was a little bit nervous on recording this episode because I I don't have all the answers. I don't have a very, you know, strict set list on 
uh, how to create sustainable habits. So what mine are specifically, I think this is more of just a broad idea of where I've noticed creating sustainable habits in my life has appeared. Um, and for me, that's, you know, in my fitness and my cooking and reading my hobbies and therapy. And I'm sure for other people, it can be completely different. And everybody is able to sustain some sort of habit in their life, whether that's um, every single you know day they might do one thing in particular or they might um, you know there's tons of meditation apps out there I'm not very good at those I always forget they exist on my phone um, I'm actually that's one habit I do want to work on more in this upcoming year is by meditating more often I get way too distracted um, it, where it's a difficult habit for me to create but again by creating that mentality and the I want to say like the priority by prioritizing that in your mind before you even start actively adding that to your routine that is the number one goal on having that habit become sustainable because if we just you know force ourselves to do something with no real purpose it's just gonna die out in a couple months or whenever we get bored or whenever things get rough but by creating that initial priority or that initial want or intention um, before we even add it to a routine that can make things a lot more sustainable um, we're going to be able to find ways to feel more confident in ourselves, more confident in our routine, um, more confident in our habits. Um, you know, the month of December might be crazy for you and you might not pick up a book. You might not put on any of your workout clothes or you might sleep in every day or whatever, you know, go out for coffee every morning instead of making your own coffee. Um, and that's okay because you know that you did it for the other 11 months and that is sustainable. Just because you don't follow your routine to the T for one day or for one month or for one week, it doesn't mean that it completely disappeared. Our bodies have muscle memory. Our minds have muscle memory. It's all muscle memory. And your psyche knows what's best for you. And if it's worked for you in the past, it will work for you in the future. And if it doesn't work for you in the future, then you'll find something else that works for you. So just by creating those intentions and continuing to listen to yourself, I think it's mostly, you know, what's most important is listening to your body, listening to your wants and needs. Um, everybody's lives are completely different based on their schedule, their routine, what they want out of life. And just by acknowledging that and seeking the best resources possible, um, I think that all of you or everybody has the potential of living the best life that they can possibly get. That does not mean perfection, but we're all just truly doing the best that we can do with what we have. And that's what's so amazing about life in general. And also before we close out of this episode, I want to give a little pat on my back or just a little happy birthday to myself. This episode is releasing on December 27th, which is my 21st birthday, finally reached 21. So, um, wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> Just kidding. But I am wishing myself a happy birthday because I've made it for 21 years and I'm so excited to see what 21 holds for me. And I think that, 
you know, every single year I just grow and grow and it, my life just gets even more fulfilling. And I'm very excited to see what this next year has for not only me, but also our podcast and school and work and all the amazing things that I'm so lucky and blessed to have in my life. Thank you so much, everybody. I hope that you have an amazing rest of the year, which is only a couple more days. Um, and the most amazing you know, new year. This new year is going to be fucking awesome. And I will see you guys next year with even more uh, episodes and even better episodes. And I am just so fucking excited. (laughs) Bye. Happy new year. If you enjoyed today's Unrefined Woman podcast episode, please be sure to like, subscribe and share. To check out other episodes, please visit our website at unrefinedwomen.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. To stay in the loop and receive access to additional content, please follow us on TikTok, username unrefinedwoman, and on Instagram at unrefinedwomanpodcasts. Special thanks to Walter Birdsong for the album cover, Margaret Rainey for our podcast music, Andrew Cioni for our gratitude prompt music, and Sean Butcher for editing and production. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week.